Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the DC Power Play. My name is Sabir, and you can find me on Twitter at PleaseWinDC. Usually, I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Gallagher, but this time, Drew's on vacation in Disney World, so I'm lucky enough to be joined once again by Amanda White, who writes for the DMV Sports Network. Amanda, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having me again. And where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I am at a white. 7877 on Twitter and uh, you can always find me talking about the caps (laughs) yeah we're both on Twitter talking about the caps a lot Um, so as usual we're doing this podcast for one of the hottest sports websites in the district it's called dmvsportsnetwork.com you can follow them on Twitter at dmv underscore sn Uh, on the website they have a lot of great daily content um, covering all things DC sports uh, in addition to fantasy football, tennis, and other sports as well. So please check out the website and follow them on Twitter or just look at their news feed. They're always posting new things about DC sports. So let's get right into it, Amanda. Let's start out with the game recaps of the past week, starting with a week ago when the Caps hosted the New Jersey Devils. The Caps played really well that game in a 6-3 victory. That was the game where Backstrom had a hat trick, if you remember. Oh, and yeah. I, and I want to call it the back trick, if I can. Um, <laughs> I like you know, it. If I can say that, because it was pretty interesting. Backstrom scored an even strength goal, which was early on in the game. Then he scored a power play goal. And then he scored an empty netter. So all types of uh, ways for Backstrom scoring that game. It kind of looked like Ovechkin was bent on getting him the hat trick on that empty netter attempt. It definitely did. Yeah, so that was fun to see. Um, really, in that game, all the big boys recorded points. Kuzi yeah, had a couple assists, Wilson, uh, Kempney, even Carlson as well. So they really flexed their muscles that game at home versus New Jersey. Uh, a it little redemption no- for that terrible loss earlier. In the yeah, no doubt. Um, if you remember, they lost 6-0, so... That was good. Um, New Jersey's kind of sliding a bit. Um, so it was good to see the Caps kind of step on their throats and win that game. In my notes, I have also that Holpe was really good that game. But what were some of your takeaways? Uh, let's see. Yeah, Holpe was great. Um, That's definitely the PK was perfect. Um, certainly can't say that since, but they remained perfect in that game. Yep. Um, Wilson with the shorthanded goal, first shorthanded goal for the Caps of the whole season. And then, of course, you know, things went south from there for Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Um, With the ejection. I mean, it w- you know, it was obviously not a headshot for those of you who didn't watch the game or, you know, don't know what happened. He was ejected for a headshot, which replay showed clearly wasn't a headshot. But that was the you got ejected because of Tom Wilson penalty. Yeah. So he got the match penalty after kind of a behind hit from behind on one of the Jersey players. I, if we want to diagnose that play a little bit. It was a little late. The um, mm-hmm. buck was gone, but certainly not a headshot. And it did look like he was trying to get out of the way. Uh, and it looked like the guy was kind of skating backwards into Wilson's path. But at this point, Wilson, maybe just the advice is to just pull up and don't even hit the guy. The guy weighs like 160 pounds, too, compared to Wilson, who's huge. Yeah. So, And then he also came back in the game in the third period so he didn't yeah, really, it looked like really... a little bit of embellishment truly I, I mean if you if you watch it again you can see that he falls down and he puts his hands on his face and it seems like he knows Wilson hit him and he was trying to get the most he could out of it yeah so he gets hit basically in the back of the right shoulder but then when he goes down he's grabbing his face so yeah. a little bit of a sell job there 
um, immediately the refs put their hand up for the penalty. But again, Wilson thankfully was not suspended for that. That would have been just that would have just been nuts. But yeah, that would have been um, devastating. But Reardon did point out after that, you know, he the match penalty was was quite excessive for that. I think that an interference penalty because the puck was gone would have been called for, but a match penalty and a five minute major for that is really just ridiculous. And the refs are, I understand they're watching Wilson closely, but they need to make sure they don't let the pendulum swing too far in the, in the other direction, I think with him. Yeah. And it's not the first instance where Wilson's got the, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but a call being called against him because it's just him. It's Wilson. right. Just like that first goal back after he came off the suspension and he got pushed into the goalie and they called him for goalie interference. I mean, it's yeah, just I mean, like- the, that was a case of literally like making up new rules. Like you award him the goal, but you also give him goalie interference. Like that's <laughs> never happened. It's just that doesn't happen. That's just the Wilson effect. But besides that, in that game, like you pointed out, uh, we held New Jersey to 0 for 5 on the power play. So that was really important and mm-hmm. good to see. Um so an overall strong game for the Caps in that game. but And the other note I have on that was Kuznetsov being back, which is huge, of course. Um, I was interested to see that they didn't slot him into the into the top line, which I thought they were going to. Yeah, you're right. So they started him on the second line and kept Backstrom up there, which mm-hmm. I like doing that because, honestly, if you swap Backstrom with Kuznetsov, either way for me is good. I think in the long run what you want, all things being even – uh, is that Koozie's on the top line, but mm-hmm. it's a luxury to have the, right, center, to have two the centers that we have centers yeah. that we have on the top two lines. Yeah. yeah. And uh, having, a, you know, I always feel like when things are even when things aren't going well, although they have been for the caps up to that point, but uh, you know, Backstrom and Backstrom and Obi together is like peanut butter and jelly. You can't go wrong with those two guys. No doubt about together. Yeah. And was that the game that um, Backstrom reached second all time in caps? franchise with points he joins obviously Ovechkin is first but I think it might yes be I think game. that was that game yeah so it's just we're lucky to live in this era where we've seen Ovechkin and Backstrom together now the top two players in Caps history and points yeah so that's so a lot sure. of yeah no doubt a but really nice milestone and then speaking of milestones that's a good segue into the next game which although the Ducks game turned out to be a debacle is where Holtby reached his 10,000th career save Oh, ah, okay. Huge. I, I was not aware of that. So, so yeah, that's a good milestone. Yeah, second in second in Caps history behind only, you know, only the goalie, of course. And I think eventually, <laughs> Hopi will probably hold all the records uh, goalie-wise. <laughs> I would a, think so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so let's move on to that next game where the Caps hosted the Anaheim Ducks. Amanda, you were at this game, so I'll let you start off with just – how was the game? How did you see it unfold? What were the fans like? Obviously, it was a collapse by the Caps after they were up. Yeah, it was one. a shocking collapse. It was really, you know, I said at the time, I think I said on Twitter, at least I know I said to the people I was with at the game, that it was almost like they were two different teams in the first 30 minutes of play. They were spectacular. They were, you know, they scored five goals. You know, they just looked great. Everything was clicking. And then all of a sudden, it was just this epic collapse. I couldn't believe it sitting there watching them score five unanswered and you know they couldn't stop anything on the power play and uh it was terrible but i have to say caps fans as always were spectacular they stayed they were chanting and yelling for the team and they stayed right up to the very last minute up until the empty netter everybody everybody stayed yeah i thought at least the caps would tie it up there at least at six to force overtime but it wasn't so and i'll say this 
a lot of times when you grab such an early lead, big lead in games, you tend to kind of um, slack off the gas a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) and teams come back, but there's still no excuse for having a four-goal lead and letting them come all the way back. And I will say this. The not Cavs, only all the way back, but to beat you in regulation was just unbelievable. Yeah, how do you not get a point after being 5-1 at home to not even walk away with a point? But I'll say this. The Caps have had these kind of pockets of play where they give up quick goals to the opponent. This isn't the mm-hmm. first time. And yeah. that's kind of a trend that you want to just get rid of completely. It's one thing to give up, you know, one goal. and, and But you got to push back. And um, Anaheim was able to get two quick ones to make it 5-3, and then it was a game from there. They took advantage of the power play where they were two for three on, and the Cavs were only one for five. And they had chances in the third. When they went down six to five, I think the Cavs had a power play opportunity to try and tie it, and it just didn't happen. So yeah. that wasn't yeah, that wasn't good to see. It was, but... not, a, it was not a fun game at the end there at all. <laughs> yeah, and Anaheim's a good team, but it's like we were going for our – seventh win in a row eighth. at that point eight I think that would have been eight yeah I don't know maybe they just started looking ahead too too quickly but they had plenty of time to kind of refocus after giving up two or three goals to Anaheim but they still couldn't stop it so I'll say this we've seen the Caps come back on teams being three down but this time we got a taste of our own medicine yeah that's true that's a good point point. and it happens you know you're not going to win every game and they were on a real nice win streak there. It would have been, I, I wouldn't have minded so much if they lost. It was the way they lost. That was hard right. Cause yeah, because then you should have kept the win streak going being up five, one. Yeah. But moving on, then we go out West to Vegas. And so it was a chance for the caps to get back to the winning way, start another new win streak. And this game had a lot of fire in it. So the caps lost five to three. It really was a close game until the very end. And the big news from this game was Wilson being injured by Ryan Reeves, who Wilson. that guy. Yeah, he's definitely an instigating type of player. He talks a lot. He's a big guy. um, And he's kind of like the guy that matches up with Wilson on the other side, even though Mm -hmm. Wilson is a top line player. I don't think Ryan Reeves plays on the top line. He plays on the fourth line. And plays far fewer minutes than Wilson does. And in fact, there's other than I think, and I saw, I believe it was Grant Paulson said on Twitter that Ryan Reeves is what people who don't watch the Caps think Tom Wilson is. Exactly. He's he's a much, in my opinion, a much dirtier player. And I, I, I am a huge Tom Wilson fan, but I'll be the first to admit some of his hits are not smart and they're questionable. And some of them are, some of them are dirty. I love Tom Wilson, but sometimes he makes hits that are not defensible. But that hit on him was late. It was predatory. It was blindside. And after the game, you know, Reeves admitted intent and he's, he still didn't get any supplemental discipline. And just based on the hit, I think a match penalty was probably the right call, but it sure is aggravating as a Caps fan and as a Wilson fan to see him get hurt like that and everybody celebrate it. And for no supplemental discipline to be given when you know if Wilson were the one who had done that and then talked the kind of trash that Reeves did afterwards, he would have absolutely been suspended. Yeah, exactly. And and like you said, people who don't watch the Caps every day, they what Ryan Reeves is is what they think Tom Wilson is, but the difference is that Wilson actually produces and is a really good top-line player. Right. And this is what I'll say. I also agree that Tom Wilson makes a lot of questionable hits and he needs to play smarter. 
but he's never gone out of his way to hit someone late. And he's never said afterwards, oh, they shouldn't have messed with me the way that Ryan Reeves says. I mean, he has never been that guy, and that's what people think he is, and it's just not true. And Reeves is a much dirtier player in my mind than Wilson, one of the dirtiest players in the league, I think. Yeah, and, um, you know, everyone who's not a Cavs fan pretty much is happy about it, but it's really disgusting to see because – Wilson is concussed and um, it just wasn't it wasn't a good play overall, especially because if you watch the game, you know, they were barking back and forth with each other. Yeah, um, so uh, it was predatory and it was intentional. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. It was intent. I mean, he went out of his way to, like, go to the right and then hit Wilson blindsided. Yeah. So and as much as I know, we're not they're not supposed to see a lot of tit for tat on something like that. I think the fact that he did that in a game where he knows that unless they're both in the finals again, those two teams are not going to see each other this year. That's just, I don't know. I don't yeah. I, I We can't use bad words on this podcast. So I don't <laughs> say what that was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could go on and on about that, but, but let's just continue with other parts of this game. Got it. It was disappointing that uh, the Caps losses because they also wasted two Vrana goals, which I love seeing him score. They were nice goals too. Um, so it's a positive to see Rana continue to produce, especially goal scoring on the second line. Um, but I'll also say this, this Caps Vegas matchup is almost becoming like a rivalry. I'd say um, it, there's a lot of uh, hot headed play. There's a lot of just back and forth and seeing them play in the finals. And then these two regular season games, I think it's becoming a bit of a rivalry as I much as so an East and West team can do, you know? Yeah, I was actually at the first the meeting this year at Capital One Arena, and it was a it was a chippy game there too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then just other notes on that game: Caps zero for four on the power play, and Vegas mm-hmm. was two for six. Six chances for Vegas is just way too many penalties to take, and they took one. I know in the first like two minutes of the first period, so. Caps really need to shore up the amount of penalties they're taking. It's becoming way too much. I looked at the numbers on penalties. We can go ahead and talk about penalties a bit maybe. They're 15th in the league as far as penalties taken, which doesn't sound that bad. But when you look at their last 10 games, they've given up three or more. They've had three or more penalties in eight of the last 10 games. They've only had two twice and never less than that. And, in fact, they haven't had less than two in any game this season. Wow. And they've had – Six a couple of times, seven once, and eight a couple of times. So it's it's really – the numbers are really bad. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're taking way too many penalties. And I don't know what to attribute to that. It's just – it's not like laziness. It's just sometimes just not smart. It, you know, sometimes like high sticks are just unfortunate because you're going to lift their stick, but you miss, and then you hit them in the nose or something. Right. But besides that, I mean – I don't know what to say. They have to cut down on the penalties, though, because while obviously you're giving the opponent um, an easier chance to score, you're just stopping the flow of your own offense, which which hurts them in that way as well. Mm-hmm. So, And, you know, the penalty so. kill had a nice little streak there. During their win streak, the, the penalty killing unit was, was playing great. And, in yeah. fact, they were perfect for, I think it was four straight games. They didn't give up. Uh, they didn't give up a goal. On yeah, the it was like kill. twelve or fifteen in a row, something like that. Yeah, but even off. given that streak, they're still only twenty third in the league. They've got a seventy six point two kill percentage, which isn't very good. And you know, when you're giving up that many penalties, you you're just giving them way too many opportunities. You can't expect to win consistently if you're spending that much time on the penalty kill. They've got to figure out how to take fewer penalties. 
Yeah, agreed. And then on the other side, on the power play, specifically in the Vegas game, they had a four-minute or five-minute power play, which they didn't score on, which was just very yeah. just not good to see. It was somewhat depressing because you had a chance to really stranglehold, put a stranglehold on the game, and they couldn't do it. And what I noticed was when the penalty when the power play starts, they're not winning the face-off, mm-hmm. the first face-off, which is really hurting them because then they got they get the you know the puck gets cleared and then they have to work on setting it up, bringing it in, and right then they have to do the zone entry and getting set up. And yeah. there were times where they did they couldn't even get down and get set up in the in the offensive zone, yeah. which is really tough to watch. And I, I'd have to look at the numbers. I wonder how their face-off percentage has been without Beagle. Because mm-hmm. Beagle was here a long time, and that was Beagle's that was Beagle's jam. He was the faceoff specialist, and I feel like they, they said I have to look at the numbers to know exactly. But it, it seems like from the eye test that they lose a lot more faceoffs than they used to. Yeah, no doubt. And I've actually looked at some faceoff numbers, and it's not as bad as we think it would be. Because if I was guessing from the top of my head, I would think they would be losing the faceoff battle every game, but they've actually been close to 50 to 60 percent winning them uh in their games but specifically on the power play they haven't been winning that first face off and i think that's when what has been hurting them the most um so again obviously we knew losing beagle would hurt you in the face offs and so far this year we've seen instances of that yeah is, is there anything else you want to talk about in the vegas game or any of the three games in general no i think we covered most everything i had written down here for notes All right, great. So before we continue to the next segment, I want to remind everyone about DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. They have um, on Sundays, they have the NBA Quick Report podcast. On Mondays, we have the Hogcast, which is a Redskins show. Then on Tuesdays, we have a podcast called It's About Time DC, which covers all things DC sports, not just one specific team. And then Wednesdays is Wizards of Gallery Place. And then Thursdays is Fantasy Fever with Marcus Hemingway. So he gets you kind of prepped for the week of fantasy football. And then, of course, our Caps podcast, the DC Power Play, comes out every Friday. And then the Dom and Thunder show comes out on Saturday. And they cover uh, national topics as well as DC sports. So all of these shows are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So please check them out and subscribe or leave a review. We really appreciate, appreciate any type of feedback. So, Amanda, moving on, let's kind of talk about this Caps roster because we haven't had the full Caps roster. And what I mean by that is we've only had one game where we've had Kuznetsov, Tom Wilson, and TJ Oshie in the game together. And yeah, that it seems was, crazy, doesn't it? it? It's ridiculous. And obviously you weren't going to have it for the first 20 games because of Tom's suspension. It was reduced to 14, but he served 16. So on the very first game that Tom Wilson came back it was against the Minnesota Wild that was November 13th that was the first game where we had everyone in the lineup top to bottom except for Orpik I guess you could say but he's been out for forever um but that but then so that game which they won against the Wild they looked really good then the very next night they played in Winnipeg and that's when Kuznetsov and Oshie both got hurt and couldn't finish the games and so since then we haven't had those three players which are top six players, some of your most important players, they have not been together. So it's almost like whatever the Caps are doing right now, first in the division, you have to take that because you haven't had your full lineup. 
Um, and then and Kuzi is back now, but now Wilson is hurt. And right. We don't know how much time he's going to miss. And then Oshie is now just finally recovering, starting to practice from his en- head injury. So it's just kind of crazy that they haven't had the full roster yet. It is. It does make it hard to complain when you see what they're doing with without having their top six guys together at this point in the season ever, except once, <laughs> one game. And uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to get everybody on the ice together at least for another week or two. I mean, I don't know how much longer Oshie's going to need before he's actually game ready. And who knows? They're not really saying much about Wilson right now. I mean, you know how hockey is. It's always a nebulous upper body injury, although we all know it's a concussion. Yeah, and I think they actually today find, like specifically said concussion. So now it's about how long, how much time does he miss? And I will say this, I think the Caps with all these guys, specifically Kuzi, Oshie, and Wilson, they kind of take it slow bringing them back because there's really no point to rush them. It's not like we're dying for wins towards the end of the season or or anything like that. That's true. Yeah, Um, we talked about that last week about Oshie. There's really no need to rush him back since they've been doing well. I mean, obviously they've lost a couple in a row now, but they're still on top of the Metro. And, you know, there's no need to, especially with the concussion history like Oshie's. But yeah, exactly. that is a, leads me to a question about the top six is where do you see everybody when, when they've got everybody back, you know, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see right now. They've got Berkey starting on the top line. <laughs> yeah. I do not like that one bit. I know. I don't well, know they always, they're really though. I mean, they tried Connolly and that didn't go well. When yeah. Berkey they was out. Yeah. Connolly DSP that those things didn't work out very well. Hopefully Burakovsky playing with Backstrom and Ovechkin gets going a little bit more like just gets more chances in general and takes advantage of it. But we'll see. It seems like there's always a revolving door somewhere on that top line. It does. Um, it does seem like that. I kind of would like to see Verona up there. I know they tried that a couple of times when Wilson was out, but he's playing really well right now. Uh, you know, I hate to see them break up that second line, which has been playing great, but I, I, I don't know. I don't like Burkowski on the top line. Yeah. Um, but, but, Kind of to answer your question, I would imagine when everyone comes back healthy, it goes back to normal. Basically, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, and Tom, and then Backstrom, Vrana, and Oshi. right? Yeah. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Um, but, but that pretty much kind of covers the injuries for the Caps right now. I would imagine Oshi coming back the earliest would be the next home game, which is Tuesday versus Detroit. Uh, obviously, he didn't travel with the team on their little road trip here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully, we see him soon. And now we can kind of look ahead to their next games. So we're recording right now Thursday night. And uh, the Caps are set to play the Coyotes in about 10 minutes uh, from right now. And then they play Columbus Brew Jackets, and then they host Detroit. So I with Drew, usually I kind of just do a prediction of how you think they'll do in their weeks of games. So out of the next three games, how do you think the Caps will do? I've got them two and one. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think the Columbus game will be pretty tough. Um, but I'm hoping tonight they can beat the Coyotes, who I think have won four in a row or something. They I have won four in a row. Yeah. I actually have this. If I had to pick out of the two and one, I think maybe they lose again tonight. Although they haven't lost three in a row since I don't know when I mean they almost at least not in regulation they don't lose three straight in regulation almost. yeah yeah they better at least get a point out of tonight I'll just say that um, <laughs> because two regulation losses after a seven game win streak yeah kinda that's, hurt. it kind of hurts you know it does it does just the two kind of hurts 
Yeah, well, serious. Copley's in net tonight, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, that's why I think if I had to pick, although Copley's played very well, I think he's won five of the last six starts. So it's not like he's been terrible. I just feel like if they're going to lose any of the next three, I'm hoping it's it's just tonight. I don't want to see Holtby lose anymore. Yeah, and especially since Columbus will be a Metro matchup, you really want to win that. And then Detroit is in the East as well. Um, so yeah, I have them, you know what? I'm going three, you know, I think they get back on track Wow! and they might go to a couple overtime games, but I think they pull it out. I think that they play mad tonight and take it out on Arizona and then just keep, uh, just start building another streak. So hopefully I'm right. We'll review it after the next pod or, or during the next pod. Um, but that's pretty much my prediction. So, okay. that, yeah, so is there anything else specifically you want to touch on, touch on, Amanda? I know this week wasn't, you know, too much news. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else um, here. I was really just kind of wondering about the, the penalties tonight. That's the thing I'm really watching. I want to see how many penalties they take, whether yeah. they can clean that up a little bit. And I'd like to see the penalty kill. I mean, it's they don't have to just kill them all or kill none of them. It would be nice if they could just, you know, maybe settle somewhere in the middle. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Kill exactly. most of them would be okay with me if they just if they could just do that. And the power play's got to get going. I mean, Lisa, they couldn't even they could barely set up in the offensive zone on that five minute major after Wilson got hurt. So they've got to they've got to figure out. It's hard on the penalty kill too with him gone. I, you know, the, they've been struggling the last couple games anyway, and Wilson's one of their best penalty killers. So yeah, no doubt, Tom does it all, and that's why we want him in the lineup every night. Yeah. Um, but besides that, yeah, you don't – if Caps get five power plays tonight, they can't go over five. It just can't happen. No, it cannot. Um, but besides that, I think we're looking uh, ahead to another good week of Caps hockey. And hopefully by next week they have started another win streak. And no more injuries, please, and no suspensions or controversial hits. Uh, but you never know what will happen. Yeah, not that I ever want my hockey to be boring, but a little bit more boring would be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that'll about do it for us here. Thanks for listening in, everyone, to another episode of the DC Power Play. Again, uh, my name is Sabir, and you can find me on Twitter at PleaseWinDC, and Amanda as well on Twitter. And um, we work for the we do this podcast for the DMV Sports Network. Check them out at DMV underscore SN. Uh, besides that, Amanda, thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. It was really nice talking to you and I hope you have a great week. Thanks. You too. Appreciate you having me. Sure thing.